So there's a term that people throw around occasionally. It's the term game changer. And you come across something new or different, and you're like, man, that is a game changer. Like for me, game changer is I, I figured out a couple years ago that I can send text messages. I can text from my keyboard on my laptop instead of like having to kill my thumbs. I'm like, that is, that's a game changer for me, right? Or I also found out this a couple years ago as well that I can make my own hot chocolate that tastes better than I can get in local coffee shops and it's like 35 cents instead of like $4.50. Game changer. I made it for Jay this week. He's like, that certainly is a game changer. Um, but there's different things like that. So uh, this week I was curious, like, what do people think are game changers out there in life? So I put it on my Facebook uh, and then on my Instagram feed and got some different answers. But apparently there's a thing called an air fryer, which is like a game changer. I don't have one. Might need to get one of those. Uh, click list. Heard that's a big game changer. Anybody use click list recently? Yep. So that was on there. Game changer. Uh, there was one on there that was like a waffle maker and an egg maker. And I'm like, can it do it at the same time? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, that's not a game changer. I mean, you make waffles and eggs at the same time, that would be a game changer, I think. Um, but one of my friends on Facebook posted a game changer, and I was like, absolutely. And, and if you have little kids, like, you'll get there eventually. But when your oldest child can drive the other children around, game changer. Just game changer right there. So, but we talk about some of these funny things in life and game changer things. But there's also some pretty major things in life that can be game changers in our own lives. When we really begin to walk with God, when we discover a church that we love, or sometimes we go through a difficult time and it changes our perspective on life. Or maybe you meet somebody and just however they interact with you in your life, it's a game changer. And these are these different things. Well, this morning we're going to look uh, at Peter from the Bible. And there was something that happened in his life that was a game changer for him. And we're going to look at what that was. And so near the end of Jesus' life, he's preparing the disciples for that time when he is going to leave. And so he says to the disciples, he says, first of all, you need to understand this, that you are going to deny me. And so Peter stands up among the disciples in front of Jesus, and he says this in Luke chapter 22. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He says, whatever it takes, I will not deny you. But then just a little bit after that, Jesus is arrested. And then a few hours after that, Jesus is being tried. And Peter is outside in a courtyard, outside of where Jesus is. And here's what happens. This is Luke twenty-two fifty-five. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him, was with Jesus. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. So this guy who goes from saying, I will go to prison, I will go to death for you, Jesus. And then a little servant girl who has no power in the world says, you're with Jesus, right? And Peter goes, I was not with, her, with him. I don't know this Jesus person. I don't even know him. Distance him. And then he does it again, and he does it a third time. That was who Peter was. Then you fast forward about two months. And I want to go into the book of Acts. This is Acts chapter 4. And Jesus, or, um, excuse me, Peter and John have just healed a man who's crippled. And then there's this kind of conversation and then this proclamation of the gospel. 
Peter says this, rulers of the people and elders, if you are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, so he, he was healed, the crippled man was healed, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which became the cornerstone. And there is no salvation, excuse me, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so Peter stands up and he proclaims, he says, Jesus is the only person, the only way that a person, a man or woman can find salvation. Well, the leaders didn't like that. And then here's the response. So they call them, so they call them and charge them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. So they, the, the leaders called in Peter and John and said, no more talking about Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So they say, leave here and don't talk about Jesus anymore. And Peter goes, I'm talking about Jesus. You can do whatever you want to me. I don't care. And in fact, he kept talking about Jesus and he was arrested again. And then God kind of rescued him from that. You can read that in the book of Acts on your own. And then eventually... Peter died. Church history tells us that Peter died for his faith. So at one point he says, I will go to prison for you. I will die for you. And then he chickens out with a servant girl. And then he eventually gets to that point where he is willing to go to prison for his faith and to die for his faith. And he asked the question, what changed? And there was a game changer in there that transformed Peter's life from a guy who was really pretty scared of speaking out too much to a man who had incredible boldness who eventually died for his faith. And Jesus predicts this game changer in Peter's life. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. What was it that changed about Peter's life? Is that he received the Holy Spirit in him. Instead of just walking alongside of Jesus, he had the Holy Spirit within him. And I read to you from Acts chapter 4 about his speech to the elders and the leaders. But what I didn't read is what comes before that because it tells why he was able to give that very bold speech. This is Acts chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, and then he goes on to talk to them and, and say what I read to you a few moments ago. But you see, what happened is that Peter had this incredible transformation because the Holy Spirit was in him and because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing is God gives us that same promise that we can go from fear to boldness because of the Holy Spirit. We can go from life as a struggle to having victory in Christ. We can go from just muddling through life to having a life that has meaning and purpose. We can go from living in a safe little bubble where we're not real sure to living a life that is courageous, 
when we are filled and walk with the Holy Spirit. And so we've been talking about throughout this course of this series that all of us who are believers in Christ have the Holy Spirit. But it's a question of do we walk with the Holy Spirit? Are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Do we allow Him to work through us? In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes, and he gives a little bit of a a picture of what that looks like to be filled with the Spirit by this very interesting comparison. So in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes this. He says, Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He says, because the days are evil. I would definitely say that the days, if they were evil there, and they're really evil now. Life hasn't gotten better. The world has gotten, not gotten better. But he says, he says, live carefully and live wisely. And to live carefully and to live wisely is walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul writes, he says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's an interesting comparison he makes. He says, don't get drunk on wine or whatever your beverage of choice is. Don't get drunk, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. He puts those two things together because there's a similarity, interestingly enough, about drunkenness and about being filled with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit control us. The first is really about control. That if you drink to excess, then that alcohol in you, whether it's whiskey or beer or wine or vodka or whatever it is, that controls who you are to an extent, right? And sometimes you hear people talking like somebody says something really stupid or outlandish and say, ah, that was just the whiskey talking, right? You hear that kind of phrase. So there's that comparison. Here's another comparison is... Oftentimes, when people consume a large amount of alcohol, they're trying to fill a void in their lives. That I don't feel good about myself, or I'm depressed, or I want to just have more fun. And they're trying to fill some sort of void in their lives, and so they get tanked. And it's interesting, and again, Paul's making this comparison. We're saying, why is he making this? But you know, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, You know what we're doing? It's we're filling a void in our lives. But that void in our lives, whatever that is, it was not meant to be filled by drunkenness. It was meant to be filled by God within us, of living by the Holy Spirit. And then there's a third comparison between getting drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, and maybe you heard this phrase in college, but sometimes... um, Beer is called liquid courage. Anybody ever heard that? No. Other people have heard that. You all haven't heard that, right? But you need to drink some liquid courage here, right? And then when you drink some liquid courage, you can go talk to that girl on the other side of the room that you were intimidated by. Or you can you know, get on a table and dance or whatever crazy or wear a lampshade on your head or whatever that looks like for liquid courage, right? But interestingly enough, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you let the Holy Spirit fully work in and through you, that gives you the courage to do the things that God is calling you to do. And so Paul makes this comparison. A friend of mine named Zach Brady is a guy who I think 
is filled with the Holy Spirit on a constant basis. He has this ability to listen to the Holy Spirit and then act on it. And so I wanted you to hear from him this morning, uh, but unfortunately he is in Malawi. Uh, And so what I did is I actually sat down with him on a Zoom call uh, earlier this week and just recorded us having a conversation about the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to finish up the message. It's about 15 minutes long, but I love what he says about the Holy Spirit. So uh, here's Zach and I having a conversation, and then I'll close this in just a couple minutes. Zach, thanks so much for joining us uh, as we talk about the Holy Spirit in this series. And you and I have a a great history together, uh, worked alongside of each other uh, here in uh, in West Virginia for a number of years and traveled uh, to Africa, to Kenya specifically a couple of times. And I mean, every time that we were together, I love being with you. Um, And so thanks for joining us uh, at River Ridge this morning. Absolutely, man. I River Ridge is part of my heart and soul. I've got my my Blue River Ridge pin right here. Carry it with me everywhere I go. And uh, yeah, super pumped to be with you guys. So what's up, River Ridge? All right, yes. Blue River Ridge pins. I have like 50 in the bottom of my car seats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here's the thing. (laughs) Hey, you got a friend behind you. This is is Buster, everybody. (laughs) All right. Does Buster speak uh, English or an African language? No, he, he understands English mostly. Yeah. <laughs> he le- awesome. He's learning Chichewa, though. He probably knows more Chichewa than I do. <laughs> That's great. Um, so here's the thing, Zach. The reason that I wanted to interview you and to ask you some questions is I feel like you are very unique in people that I know that you have an incredible ability to listen to and to follow the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and to hear from God in that sense, but also an incredible ability to kind of do what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. And there's a lot of fruit and action and results from when God speaks to you and then, and then you go do it. And because when I meet some people who they you know, hear from the Holy Spirit, but they don't really get much done. And other people who just kind of do, do, do. And I'm just like, is that a Holy Spirit led or is that just, you're just kind of doing your own thing. And so that's why I want to have you on and just kind of hear from you about what that looks like in your life and how you can maybe help us to, uh, to have that same sort of hearing and doing. Yeah, I, one, I'm humbled um, to be a part of this conversation because this has not always been the process for me. I am definitely a doer, kind of a ready, fire, aim kind of guy. Um, and so the, the process of discernment and kind of slowing down and listening doesn't come easy. It's not um, second nature or first nature. It's probably like fifth nature for me to listen. And my wife would probably back me up on that. Um, but, um, but I think one, one thing that somebody spoke into my life a while ago, while I was in the middle of trying to decide like, God, what are you doing with me? I thought I was going to move to Zambia in 2008 and that fell through and then something else fell through and something else fell through. And I was literally just sitting at a breakfast table with a bowl of cereal in front of me. And somebody just, a 15-year-old, just looked me square in the eyes and said, Zach, don't you know your mission field's where your feet are? And I think those of you who have gone on mission trips or have been to Haiti or have been with Matt to Kenya or wherever, you all, most of you come back with this like a super sense of man. I saw God move, man, that's what it's like to be on mission, right? Like when we're doing things, because there's this heightened sensitivity when you're on mission, you're expecting 
the Holy Spirit speak to you. And so if I have anything, if you hear nothing else that I have to say, I think one, yeah, like live your life, whether it's in Charleston or Eleanor or Scott Depot or wherever it is that you call home, that's your mission field. And that is where the Lord, the Holy Spirit wants to use you and speak to you. Um, And so I think that's the thing is like, if we can expect that he's going to speak to us, then we'll be ready when he does. So I think that's just one, like that was a huge shift in my brain and my heart that really opened the floodgates for my, in my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. I can actually remember you repeating that to me in a slightly different verbiage of grow where you're planted. Um, And that phrase comes to mind for me frequently. Um, So in terms of hearing from the Holy Spirit, what are some maybe examples that you have seen in your own life um, of hearing from the Holy Spirit and then, and that his voice uh, helping you to make decisions where you're kind of figuring out where do I go? What direction do I go? Do I not go kind of thing? Yeah, I think um, kind of a silly example. When I was in college, I went to Wesleyan for college. And when I was there, um, you know, discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit was kind of a new conversation for me. That wasn't, again, like I said, it wasn't something that somebody taught me how to do when I was growing up. And so it was so ridiculous because I remember walking around campus and I started like seeing trash on the ground that I just usually would walk by and felt like super convicted that the Holy Spirit wanted me to pick up the trash that I was walking by. And I was like, that's so bizarre, you know? And so as I was like journaling about it, the, I was like, God, do you want me to pick up trash? Like, do you care about the little things? Like how involved do you want to be in my life? You know, I think that's part of it. Um, But I mean, that's just kind of a silly example of one thing that, that, you know, I'm not saying God's going to speak to everybody to go clean up Charleston, right? Like that's not necessarily the goal here, but, but I think, when I, when I think about hearing from God and discerning from the voice of the Holy Spirit, I think back to John 16, when Jesus is sitting with his disciples and they are all scared out of their minds because he has told them that he's going to die and he's not going to be with them any longer. But then in, in, in this conversation, he tells them that it is a good thing that he's going to go away because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And it's important to know what the Holy Spirit is going to talk to us about because then you kind of know what to listen for, if that makes sense. Um, and so in John 16, I'll just, I'll just read it quickly. Jesus says, he, when he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And it's like, whoa. Usually when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we like to talk about like, okay, Holy Spirit, what job should I take? Where should I apply for college? Like those are the conversations that we like to talk about discerning the God's will. But we we miss the first couple pieces of that where more than anything, like there's two parts in, in the whole New Testament that says this is God's will, right? The one is for our sanctification, that he would give us victory and freedom from sin. And the second is that we would be thankful and rejoice without and pray without ceasing. Right. And so there's this, there's this tension when we talk about listening to the Holy spirit that I think we have to wrestle with where if I'm not willing to listen to the Holy spirit as he convicts me of my sin, 
it's going to be difficult for me to hear the Holy Spirit's voice when I want him to tell me, you know, which job to apply for or whether we should move or stay in this house or, you know, those types of discernment questions are a whole lot easier to wrestle through when you've allowed him to, to free you from sin in, you know, just in the everyday life. Um, and I think one, one perfect one storm, can I have a, do I have a minute to tell a story? That'd be great. Uh, yeah. So there, when I was, I took a group of high school kids on a young life fall weekend. And I know you're not supposed to give a lot of secrets away. So I apologize to all of you young life people, but there was a moment where we, we sent students out to have like 15 minutes with the Lord. And, um, they, they, you know, it's snowing. It was literally snowing in November because sometimes it happens in West Virginia and the kids come back and some of them were cold and were angry that we made them sit in the cold. But this one kid like came busting through the door, ran, sat down on his bunk, got his Bible out and flipped it open. And I'm just kind of watching him, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And we sit down and I just kind of asked the question like, hey, you know, how was that time? What did you guys hear? Did, you know, how was your conversation with the Lord? And this one, this, this kid, he's like, man, to be honest with you, I couldn't stop thinking about how mad I am at my dad. Like, I just wanted to talk to God. And the only thing I could think about was, I'm just so mad at my dad. I just, I hate my dad. Ah, there was just all of this anger that he couldn't get out of his mind. And then almost like a, a neon light, like Romans 12, 21, like boop, 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 like popped in his brain and kind of scrolled across his brain so much so that it took up five minutes of his time. He just couldn't get that scripture out of his brain. So when he heard the horn, he came running and he looked it up and, and Romans 12, 21 um, actually says this, it says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And here was a 13 year old kid who wasn't sure that God cared, wasn't sure that God could speak to him. And in a moment where he took 15 minutes to pause, the Holy Spirit brought to mind something that, hey, let's walk through this. And hey, there's truth in God's word that will guide you through this. And so the Holy Spirit always brings to mind thing, barriers, things that are, are holding us back. And he always confirms what he's speaking with his word. You know, and so I think those are just that's just one story um, of just the way that God still speaks in supernatural ways. He still puts thoughts in our minds. The Holy Spirit still moves and guides and um, and is powerful. You know, it's it's it literally will change your life. So how, Zach, with you um, going to Malawi, like how would you say the Holy Spirit spoke to you or you and Carly to say, this is what I want for you all for this season of your life. Yeah, I think a couple things. Um, I think because in a marriage, right, like we are one and the same Holy Spirit speaks to me, speaks to her. And it was one of those things where for years, those of you who know me, you know that, um, 
Africa has has been something that the Lord has has been drawing me towards for a long time, really since 2005 was my first trip to Zambia. And and the Lord has used scripture and friends and experience. And it was kind of this combination of like uh, a deep need that I saw and this like DNA wiring in my own heart. Like I feel like I'm made for this place. Like you say for a season, I don't know, this, this season might be a long one, you know, like we, <laughs> we love it here. Like we are, we're made for this. We're wired for this. The Lord built us for this. And, and I think part of it is knowing that is knowing that God built me. He made me with intention and purpose. And Ephesians two talks about that, like with, with good works that he prepared beforehand, he made us, we're his workmanship, you know? And so, so just believing that and, and kind of taking small steps of obedience, right? Like, and trusting that God is big enough to, to, to navigate me. It's kind of hard to steer a car that's sitting in park, right? Like, but it's easier to steer as you're going, as you're taking steps, as you're trying things out. Lord, is this you? Nope, not you. Okay, Lord, is this you? Yes, that's you. Okay, I'm going to keep going that way and trust that you're going to guide me through your word, through my wife, through close friends that I invite in. And the whole time, again, wrestling with like fighting against sin in my life, fighting for freedom, fighting for authenticity and transparency in my relationships and inviting that in. And, and all of that just kind of funneled down and Malawi just kind of dropped out the bottom. And we're like, well, okay, Lord, let's, let's, let's go for two years and let's see how many more you have. You know, I think, I think we have to be careful of going like, Lord, I want you to tell me your plan for my life, expecting that plan to be like a 50 year lease. You know, it's like, no, you sign a one year lease and then you do another year and you another year and you just take small steps of obedience in the same direction, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Let me, uh, so I want to wrap up and just ask you one final question. Um, what kind of counsel um, or anything additional that you'd say to folks who say, I really want to walk in the Holy Spirit. I want to let him guide and direct my steps. I want to be filled by the Holy Spirit to do what he wants me to do. What counsel would you give to folks um, to do that, to enable that? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is to create space for it. You know, I think it's really hard to hear the Holy Spirit when you're playing video games or when you're elbows deep in a Netflix series or, you know, like it. And so not that video games or Netflix is, is wrong, but, but I just asked, I met with a group of high school students this afternoon. And the question that I sent them home with was who or what are you making space for in your life? Are you creating space? Um, and the other thing is this, you know, the, the word of God, like if we're not, the Holy spirit does not contradict the written word of God. Um, and so I would say saturate yourself in the word, study the word and, and just practice. I know that sounds silly, but like I'm a journaler, right? So like, I love to sit still with a blank sheet of paper and just say, Lord, like, and spend, after spending time in the word, go back to the Lord with a blank sheet of paper and just say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to know your heart. And just write whatever is whatever he puts on your mind and just trust that he loves you, 
that he's for you and that he he desires to to interact with you he wants to hear your heart and he wants you to know his heart and he shared his heart with us in his word but he also will will whisper it to you um but it's hard to hear a whisper in a loud space and so creating space to hear that whisper and then just documenting it and I know for me, sometimes I've written a page of things and I'll take it to Carly. I'm like, hey, God was talking to me about this uncle or, or this sister of yours. Like, that doesn't, is that okay? Like, does that ring a bell? And sometimes she'll go, whoa, actually, I was thinking about this sister of mine or that uncle. Let's, let's give them a call. Let's just check in. And without fail, like, it's a perfectly timed phone call. It's a perfectly received message, you know? And the, the Lord knows what people need. He knows what we need. And I think just believing that, like rooting ourselves in the belief that he is good that he loves me and he has my best intentions at heart. And then pairing that with, with time in the word, man, it's, it's fun. Like it's just, yeah, I'd say just expect it to be fun and be okay. If it starts slow, you know, don't expect the, like the heavens to part and a dove to descend, like, you know, right out of the gate. And that might happen. I don't know. But, um, yeah, make space for it. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. That is fantastic wisdom. Um, and again, I, I so love looking at your life and seeing you walk with the Holy Spirit. So thanks a lot for uh, joining us here at River Ridge Church. Man, love you guys. Keep up the good work. We'll see you soon, hopefully. <laughs> All right, thanks. long video but man such great wisdom in there just want to leave you with one final thought um and this is just kind of something i'm learning um i was listening to a podcast the other day about and, and it wasn't about this subject but the guy was talking about um he called something he called the 10 second rule and i'm like that's what i want to put in place in my life to listen to the holy spirit and the 10 second rule is if you feel like god lays something on your heart that is in line with what god would have you do in a typical kind of thing then act on it or take steps to do what God says within 10 seconds, right? And this is not like getting married or getting a job or that kind of thing. But like if God lays on your heart, send a text, call this person, write a note, talk to this person, then take within 10 seconds, act on that. Because if you don't, then you'll talk yourself out of that wasn't really the Holy Spirit. So anyway, something I'm going to challenge myself with, encourage to, you to do the same as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much uh, for our time together. Thank you, Lord, that you um, have spoken to us in so many different ways. And Lord, let us walk and step with you, Holy Spirit, and let us be filled with the Holy Spirit as you empower us to do your will here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen.